Hey guys, I just want to uh, apologize to my listeners for being MIA and not constantly making an episode. It's been a struggling year and a half since maybe my last episode. Um, dealing with my depression on a different angle and a different take. And today's episode is going to be about how and where I've been. How I've been handling my depression and where I've been at with my depression. And it's going to be a possibly, it's going to be a good episode. So stay tuned. This is Life with Franklin. I appreciate you joining me on today's episode. And for one, I do want to thank you all guys for being patient with me and still staying subscribed to this channel but also um i do want to apologize for one for being mia for this long and um today's episode i'm gonna have featured a few guests on here um and we're just going to be talking about depression, anxiety, uh, f- fun stuff. But um, I, I do want to get into a little bit of what's been going on with me. Alright, well, so since my last episode I've been through a lot Um, got out of a relationship um, started taking time for myself kind of learning myself but also being stressed out at work I took a little short break from work to kind of like rejuvenate myself and to push myself a little bit harder to get to know me Um, That honestly really didn't work as well as I wanted to or planned out for it to. Um, Because when I got back to work, I just jumped right back into it. I really didn't um, have a plan, a solid plan. I mean, I had a plan, but it wasn't like solid enough where I could, you know, if I have like an episode, I, I could be like, all right, I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, count to 20. I I, I mean, I did that. But as days or weeks went by, I started to kind of slip off my plan. And I dug myself deeper in a hole of just being more depressed again, which is a bad case. So... Uh, a couple months go by, um, I'm just feeling more anxiety at my job. I've been treated pretty badly and it was very hard to deal with. So, uh, about maybe a couple months ago, I've talked to my, my manager and he kind of like told me to talk to my insurance through my job and, uh, we, we have this thing called the Care Network where it helps out um, employees with all different types of things, medical, uh, 
financials. Um, if you need a lawyer, they, they can help you out with that too. Um, like, so different things. So what I did was I talked to a case manager for the care network and they introduced me into having or into going into treatments. Um, they like day programs and, and treatments for anxiety, depression, OCD, things like that. Um, so my first time trying to do this, it really didn't work out well because I got into like a bad car accident. So that kind of like really discouraged me a lot more. And it's really been kind of like killing me. And I got into like the car accident day before that I... I was supposed to um, get into my program, which my treatment program, which I'm here now. And this is when I'm recording my episode. So um, in this episode, I'm going to possibly be interviewing a couple people. Uh, just asking them questions and, you know, informing them. Um, not informing them, but just asking them, like, how they deal with their anxiety or their depression and we're just going to be talking having fun just enjoying the moment and hopefully you guys will stay tuned and and stick around hopefully today's episode can definitely help you out so we're definitely going to try to provide some good information also on what we have been doing in, in this program and how our new methods that we're learning can apply to you if you're suffering from depression, anxiety. So, like I said, stay tuned. Hopefully this episode can definitely help you out. Alright guys, thanks for tuning in in another episode of Life with Franklin. I have some special guests here with me. And as I was explaining earlier in the podcast that we're going to have a brief discussion or just an open discussion about um, kind of what we do here in treatment and uh, how how it's been helping us and possibly how we can possibly help you. So my first guest that I have here is, you guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Marina. I'm Natalie. I'm Ray. And um, again, I'm Franklin, if you guys don't know. <laughs> but um, we're here, and this treatment, the, the program that we're actually in for is dealing with anxiety and depression. Um, I deal with anxiety and depression. Um, Natalie, what do you deal with? Um, anxiety and depression. Um, I also have some OCD tendencies and ADHD okay but I'm here specifically because my anxiety and depression are a lot worse than they usually are okay what about you Henry Uh, anxiety depression and ADHD okay what about you Uh, I deal with anxiety depression and inattentive ADD okay and so this question is for anybody who wants to answer, um, what does anxiety and depression mean to you all? If that kind of makes 
makes any sense to you? Like your own personal? Yeah, I'll start if you want. This is Marina. Um, To me, anxiety is uh, worrying about the future and almost paralyzingly so. Sometimes it stops me from doing day-to-day activities because I'm so uh, overwhelmed. And depression for me is not just sadness, it's loneliness and guilt and shame and uh, fear. Um, and I can be happy during part of the day mm-hmm. because I have atypical depression. So you can be, I can have happy moments and then I could be sobbing at night. Mm. So it can be quite a roller coaster. Can sort of make your investment sure. Um, I find that my anxiety and depression feed off of the, you know, each other. When I start feeling very depressed, I get anxious then about the fact that I'm depressed, and then my anxiety kind of takes over, um, and... I get to the point where I'm not, you know, functioning as if, you know, uh, you know, I I would when I'm healthy, and then when my anxiety is so bad, my depression then gets worse because I'm aware mm-hmm. that my anxiety is bad, mm-hmm. and then I feel embarrassed, I feel guilty, I'm. Um, a lot of times I get angry and then I end up having problems with irritability and lashing out, especially at those who are closest and most supportive of me. And then I feel like crap after I realize just what I've done. And it's this, what can feel like a never ending cycle, um, you know, just kind of spiraling further and further out of control when when I'm healthy I still have you know the diagnoses of you know um, dealing with Mm -hmm. my depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety Mm -hmm. however when I'm healthy I'm able to stop worrying about the future and stop being so sad about either the negative things that have happened in the past or the really positive things that happened in the past and why can't things be more like that. Um, I'm much more present and aware of being in that present and I'm able to have the toolkit to handle when things manifest as um, depressing moments or things that might make me more anxious. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm in treatment. That's perfect. That's perfectly said. I forgot about the irritability. Yeah. I also get angry and irritable, and and of course it's the people that are closest that that feel that lashing out. Of you know, I think that's a general thing for yeah. most of us. Yeah. That is true. What about you, Henry? Um. I don't know, I mean, depression for me manifests differently 
I mean, there, there is the, always like being sad and unhappy and all that, but it, it, a lot of times it comes out in just feeling numb. Okay. Which I think is more of a reaction from a, a unconscious reaction of feeling bad, so just shuts off feeling. Um, and anxiety, I think, as you said, Natalie, uh, sort of it, it feeds off of the depression, then depression feeds off the anxiety, and so, so on and so forth. Um, and I think that for me, my ADHD and having trouble focusing on things feeds into my anxiety yeah. of not being able to focus on anything or do anything. Um, yeah. Okay. It's, it's definitely makes me sad. And I'm glad that we all were able to be personal about how depression kind of affected your guys' lives, um, which would bring to me how depression actually affected me and what depression actually means to me. Um, as I was younger, I was not knowing why I was moody, irritable, always sad, sometimes anxious and I couldn't keep still. Um, and later on in life, maybe I guess when I was like in the third grade, I kind of like understood like, oh, I'm suffering from depression. Um, my parents would, you know, have fights and it'll affect me or, you know, my living situation would affect me and it'll make me moody or sad or just angry. And I think just noticing like my feelings and stuff like that and keeping uh, a, way of, a way of, or just keeping track, not like paper-wise, but like a mental know how I'm feeling. It was like a huge part um, of just knowing like why I was becoming depressed and things like that. That's a young that's a young age to be that yeah. self-aware. Yeah. yeah. Third grade. That's yeah. impressive. Thank you. Yeah. And then when did you first like receive even though you were aware that you what your feelings were, when did you first like find out like from a doctor or anything? That... About the time um about the time when I was in like fifth grade. Wow. Yeah. Okay. A year later for me, so three. Yeah. For depression? Uh, for, um... Or ADHD? ADHD and anxiety, and once I started treatment, it became very clear what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely can relate to that, too. I, see, I had a lot of difficulties with depression and anxiety going all the way back to, like, middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had what was very, very, very clearly ADHD as a child. And my mom recognized that and said to herself, well, you know, I was getting good grades, but I was, I was definitely having a lot of difficulty with like social situations with kids in my classrooms. And, you know, I'd get, um, you know, not the greatest, you know, marks for, my citizenship in terms of um, being a good member of the classroom and not being a distraction to other kids or, you know, following along as a good member and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I had good grades. So my mom was like, well, you know, it's not, not that bad. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find out any, like, official diagnoses until... I went through a traumatic event and had to see a, you know, therapist in college. Okay. Like, 
everything had been undiagnosed, and I was miserable in high school. Wow. Yeah, so, so, yeah. I think high school's hard for many, many people, even if they kind of put on a brave face. Mm-hmm. I think for me, middle school and elementary was like the worst of my of my years being in school because I was always bullied, teased. We were, even though like we were in, it wasn't like a small town, but it was a small neighborhood. And everybody in the neighborhood kind of knew like who I was and kind of like knew my business. Um, my mom suffered from sickle cell anemia. So every time she would have like a seizure or something like that, the ambulance would come by and they would have a whole, a lot, you know, lights flashing and, and sirens going off. So everybody in the ambulance was always outside just, you know, being nosy and things like that. Did you mean, were you embarrassed by it? I was embarrassed. Um, being young and being at that age and not really knowing like why your mom is having all these, you know, seizures, um, attacks, um, why she couldn't really walk. Yeah. Or just be like everybody else's mom, which, you know, would go to like a baseball game or go to their graduation and things like that. My mom couldn't. Yeah. Also, so, I took care of a lot of sickle cell patients in the hospital as a nurse and it can be extremely life limiting and debilitating and a lot of our patients were in there every three weeks for attacks and it was really sad to see how much it affected their lives and their families lives right like isn't it um affect like your the knee joints a lot and cause a lot of pain it can affect really anywhere like you could have it maybe like in the middle of your arm one day or maybe like both legs or your entire back yeah and you're exhausted right and um more so, I mean, she was in like excruciating pain. It blocks the sickle cells block oxygen, your blood bringing oxygen to certain parts of the body, and that causes intense, intense pain. It's very hard to manage outside of the hospital, and even yes. in the hospital, it's hard to manage. And um, anything from jumping in a cold pool in warm weather to going outside without a proper like, warm clothes to just emotional stress can cause yeah. a trigger. Yeah. So I, I do know like Venus Williams had been diagnosed with it and she doesn't play in any like of the smaller tennis tournaments anymore. She plays in the big ones, but like it's just remarkable that she's even trying kind of thing because you can see it on her face how much pain she's in and she like it's a recent diagnosis so and it's supposed to get progressively worse right i don't i think it can cause some lifelong bodily changes yeah Um, franklin you're probably the yeah the best person to ask um it's a little bit i mean i do have the trait oh Um, yeah I do have the trait. Have you ever had an attack? I know sometimes people with the trait can even have an attack. Right, yeah. Mm, thank God that I haven't or, or noticed that I haven't. You would know. Yeah. It's onset, like, right, it's right around, like, your we had 20s like babies. or something. We had, babies? like, one-year-olds come in. Because I was just um, the other day reading about how a lot of college football players, when... You know, if, if there's a sudden, like, a sudden death, it's because they didn't realize they had it. And then, you know, it was untreated and, and all of this. And they Stro- pushed themselves too... Kind of yeah, they, they pushed themselves too hard and they... Hard and they exactly had... Had a, uh, their problem with their heart or their brain. Yeah. 
it's it's funny that we're actually kind of talking about stuff like that but my next question for you all is during like a day-to-day like what have you noticed actually before you got into this program and even into this program what triggers your depression I can start or someone else can start what about you Henry it can be really anything I mean um me I'm not having the particular type of milk you want uh, at the (laughs) store it can be anything from that to like I was trying to come up with something more dramatic but I just couldn't um (laughs) yeah I mean I in my experience it can just be anything me it, it could be a, a meditation or maybe like a tv show but uh, as henry could you know was explaining it, it can can be the slightest thing like a, you know a bowl of milk it's not fully engulfed in cereal or you see a puppy running down the street and try to say hi and, and couldn't get his attention like anything could like trigger like your anxiety or depression um well it made me realize how I so I recently got a dog and um, my boyfriend and I uh, we live together and so the dog the dog is our dog however I'm Mm -hmm. the one that is the um, the money behind it all and, and the primary caretaker and Technically, she's my dog, but it's crazy because she likes him so much better. And there'll be times where I'm, I'm like, Cassie, come here. And she'll go and she'll go the other way and run away from me. And all I feel like doing, like at, in that moment, my heart like sinks and I feel so sad that my own dog, you know, is, is playing this, as my boyfriend says, she's playing a game, but it doesn't matter that she's playing a game because it sucks. Yeah. And it feels terrible. It does. It's like the mom-dad dynamic in, uh, in like, sitcoms is where, like, the mom is the one who takes care of it, but the, but the kid's favorite is always the dad. Yeah. 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 I'm the one that, that brushes her and, and does, you know, a lot of the things that are the caretaking aspects yeah. that she probably doesn't like. <laughs> and then he's the one that, that's like the fun one. That actually really upset my mom with our dog at home. She would have to like clip the nails or groom the dog or something that would upset the dog and then it wouldn't want to be with her or near her for a week or so and oh. she was always so upset that it would come to me because I was the fun one, the one who wasn't going to do those negative things. Oh. And it can be really hurtful when an animal in their pure hearts you know, don't know what they're doing, and we're all pretty sensitive people, I think. And, um, you know, when my cat walks out of the room and all I want to do is cuddle with it, I get offended and upset. (laughs) Wow. But uh, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle a feeling like that when you feel neglected or when you feel alone? Being alone is a major part of my depression, the loneliness. Um, and I'm actually still struggling with how to address that. Yeah. Because I also isolate myself. The more I feel mm-hmm. depressed, the more I 
don't talk to people, don't leave my apartment. Um, so, you know, I don't really have a good answer right now and I'm hoping in treatment I'll find some good answers for dealing with loneliness. If you guys have any suggestions, I would love to hear them. I, I enjoy being alone. All the things that I like to do are alone, so I don't think that I can help you with that. Well, so I, my mom had asked me how I was doing and I said, well, I'm lonely, but I don't feel like talking with anyone or being around anyone. And that sums up the whole feeling that you're talking about, Marina. But like one thing that it seems like the program is trying to do is take, you know, steps during the week. And then on the last day, put people in some of these more, what, could feel like maybe uncomfortable situations and kind of try to get out of that that comfort zone of being alone mm-hmm. and these like exposures in a way to like forcing yourself to be around other people is um, I think a big part of it. I've already just from being in this program I've started showering every day, which it's kind of, it's sad, but like when, when you're just feeling so crappy and just want to be alone and you don't, I I won't leave my, I wouldn't leave the house for like a couple days. Mm -hmm. I was showering at best like twice a week. There was one point in time where I went eight days without showering. That is, it's gross, but I didn't feel like doing much at all. That's just kind of like how depression would get you. Like, like it'll be hard just to kind of take care of your, your own personal hygiene. Yeah. Like, like just to shave or just to even get up to get something to eat. Or you, like Change your sheets explain. or something. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. can feel like the biggest the task in the world is, right. is insurmountable. Exactly. So yeah. Taking my trash out just down the stairs to the mm-hmm. apartment trash cans will be take me like a whole week just to get myself mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, so... Which exacerbates the depression. Yeah. Being in the program, I've showered every morning that I've come. Now, granted, this is my first week in the program, but already doing that mm-hmm. helps me. It's like once you get in the shower and it's like, oh, this actually feels good. This actually is, it's activating. Right. And the, the water, you know, the warm water on my neck, whatever, that feels great. Oh my gosh, washing my hair. I forgot what the shampoo smelled like. Like that whole kind of thing. It's, right. it's, it can give you like a boost. And the fact that I am forced to come to the program because I want to be at the program. It's just sometimes hard to, to follow through and, and want to actually leave the house sometimes. Um, I guess it's one of those things where because right after you have like this burst of energy, sometimes it that, that can be a little draining. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, being able to shower and then force myself out yeah. has been really helpful this week. Nice. Now, could any one of you guys like explain some of the skills that we've learned in uh, like in our treatment? Um, I can give like some examples on what we've learned 
or how we use our skills to kind of cope with our like anxiety or depression. Um, for me, I would, I would, I can start off. Like for me, uh, for example, like today, like on on the way coming up here, like we got into like the bus got into a car accident. Um, this guy uh, ran around the bus and tried to cut the bus off, and the bus had clipped. Um, one of the things that we've learned or one of the skills that we've kind of learned was just um, I'm trying to remember the name of it it was like you can say it is it mindfulness? yeah mindfulness yeah so with that that skill is basically like we kind of like observe like our surroundings um I'm trying to, if, if anybody wants to I can explain a way to be mindful. Yeah, sure. It's a technique called grounding, and mm-hmm. you kind of identify two things you can feel, two things, or three, you know, however many. Yeah. Oh. You can see what you can uh, hear, mm-hmm. and then you kind of remind yourself, okay, it's Friday, whatever day at this time, I'm right. on the bus, I'm safe. You know, and it brings you back to the moment um, it, when you're spiraling out of control a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think as uh, yeah. I mean, that that is we did this a version of that where it's it's basically that it's like you uh, you count down from five, so it's like five things you see, four things you hear, uh, three things you smell, two things you uh, taste. T- no, I don't. There's just one. I don't remember what the five things <laughs> are. You got the idea. Um, but I think I think the the two like the the why and how or the um, the what and how is to to observe uh, non judgment and then how to, to observe non judgmentally. You don't you don't you you try hard you you or you uh, you don't judge what you feel like any type of judgment, good or bad, neutral. Um, you you just like that is a chair. Yes. Uh, you don't say like that is a green chair or that is a comfortable chair. Yeah. That yeah. There's no like judgment because that is a, a a a chair that I don't like yeah. is is now you've made judgment yeah. that you don't like it. But well, can you guys tell me if I'm wrong in this? Could you say I'm anxious and not judge it as like it's bad, yeah. but just that this situation is making me feel anxious. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's an observation, not yes. a judgment. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And those skills can definitely help you all if you're struggling with your depression or anxiety. Um, Later on in this episode, um, I'm going to be explaining more different ways that we could uh, help you cope with your anxiety and depression. But right now, I'm going to do a little segment called uh, Fire Questions. I, I have one, two, three, four random Table topic questions. I'm gonna ask each of my guests. Uh, they can take. Let's give them like 30 seconds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys like 30 seconds just to kind of like give an answer. So stay tuned, and we're gonna find out what questions I have for my special guests.
uh, I'm here doing another table topic question with Marina and uh, we have the question here so if you want to read the question sure do I possess any of the qualities of my astrological sign which is Aquarius um, I would say that I possess oddly a lot of them mm -hmm. um, except maybe the one that says I'm not emotional okay and my thoughts on that or that I um, I am very emotional, but to protect myself from getting hurt, mm -hmm. I shut down and seem non-emotional to other people when I'm being attacked or um, having an argument, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe I identify with like almost all of them. Definitely. I mean, I can relate to. Also, um, I'm not as quick to jump into the uh, leadership form of my astro uh, astronomical sign. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. Astrological. Right. It's yes. okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm an Aries, but uh, I know that uh, I'm, I'm hot-headed sometimes, and uh, I, I can be sarcastic, or um, what's another one that I was thinking about, too? Um... Yeah, it's it's blanking on it. I'm, I'm blanking on it now. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one that I think is funny is mine's basically like You're a big weirdo like mm. you're the weirdo of the astrological signs, you know really? Kind of like you beat you follow the beat to your own drum yeah. And I feel like that and I kind of don't I don't want to be like that But I am like well, yeah, I kind of do But you, you do that in your own special way which makes you unique yeah, thank you. you. That makes okay. me feel better about it. Good, as you should. Thank you. Should. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to answer these questions for me and for the interview also. And uh, I really do hope that this program actually is beneficial for you. Thank you. I wish the same for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Alright, so I'm here with Henry, and what we're going to do, we're going to pick a card, and he's going to read the card, and he's going to answer the card. So this section is, is I'm going to call it Table table Topics. Um, I'll probably come up with a better name for it whenever, but here we go, we're just going to go for it. Alright. Who's the best teacher you've had? Um, well, the best teacher I've had have been history teachers. Um, I just, there's one teacher that I had who was my Spanish teacher in seventh grade and my history teacher in ninth grade. She was amazing. Um, uh, she was just really nice, um, good, uh, was able to, so, someone you can, like, joke around with. Uh, yeah. You know, someone who wouldn't, like, send you to the principal's office if you accidentally cursed. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she was great. Uh, and she also, you know, made the topic's interest. Nice. Probably the only reason I actually took Spanish as long as I did was because the first year I actually enjoyed it. Okay, so you have her for... I had her for 7th grade Spanish, and then the, the after that year, uh, she got moved to uh, teaching uh, ninth grade history. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So then I got her again two years later. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out for the question, but also for the interview. Yeah. 
I appreciate you uh, sharing everything. And um, I know that your your progress is going well. And I do wish you many more years with your success. And thank you. I appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in and sticking around. I'm here with Natalie and we are again working on the topic questions that we have here. Table topics, I'm going to call it. So Natalie, if you can read your uh, topic question. Who taught you how to ride a bike? And my dad taught me how to ride a bike. Um, the very first bike I had obviously had training wheels, um, and I learned to ride a bike actually at the parking lot, um, where he worked, and, um, then when the training wheels came off, he was the one that taught me how to ride the bike, um, and did the whole, you know, run, mm-hmm. run along, holding the back of like the seat <laughs> exactly. and then letting go yeah. and let, you know, then I get mm-hmm. to ride off. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, um, very grateful that I was able to have that experience with, with him. I know not everyone, A, knows how to ride a bike and right. B, has a good experience with it. So, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and also see not everyone has their dad around when they're little, so. Yeah, that is true. Um, so, yeah, that made me really happy thinking about that memory. So, uh-huh. so thanks, Franklin. No, you're you're so welcome, and I I do want to thank you and and take the time to thank you for doing this interview with us, and just being open about the things that you struggle with yet with your depression and and everything else. And I do hope that as you're continuing into the program and treatment, that it will help you out a lot and that you'll find uh, this program uh, helpful for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm uh, actually hopeful for what the future has. So thanks a lot. You're welcome. Anytime. I want to appreciate you all for sticking around and enjoying today's episode of life with franklin and thank you for my special guest that i had on the episode today um i just want to remind you guys that if you are feeling depressed if you are feeling uh an anxiety you are not alone and there are tons of ways that you can get help you can call your local hospital emergency room you can also call the National Suicide Hotline. Um, you can look that up on any uh, site, any search engine, I meant to say, excuse me. And they also do have text lines or calling lines. If you guys don't feel like talking, they do have text lines for you guys to text a professional counselor that can help you guide yourself through your struggles of depression and possibly suicidal thoughts. That's what I did at one time. And I can honestly vouch for it that it does help. So again, guys, if you do need help, do not hesitate to call your local emergency room, hospital, or 
a suicide prevention hotline or anything like that. I do wish you guys well with peace, love, and happiness. And stay tuned for the next episode. Love you guys.